Uh, open your Bible, if you have it with me, please, uh, to uh, Mark chapter 1, whether you have a written copy or the electronic copy, Mark chapter 1. How many of you have ever heard of a wedding taking place at a firehouse, fire station? Anybody? All right. A couple of you. Up in Minnesota, there was this couple, Jeremy and Krista, who were scheduled to get married, and at the last minute, their wedding venue fell through. There was a problem. He was a firefighter, so they decided they'd just get married at the fire station where he was assigned. And uh, they knew that an alarm could interrupt the wedding. So they had discussed it ahead of time. And uh, she had said, now, if that, that alarm goes off during the wedding, you are not going. Let all the other guys go. So they had it worked out. Day of the wedding, everything went really well. Got through the ceremony, no alarm. They were taking photographs afterward before leaving for the reception at a different location. And during those photographs, the alarm went off. Firefighters went out. But news kept coming that it was a really bad house fire and they needed more men, they needed more firefighters. And uh, Krista would later say, she said, I, she said I, I kept hearing how bad it was and they needed more men. I couldn't just keep him. I looked at him and said, Go ahead and go, babe. You're fine. Just go help them and come back when you can. Krista's father afterward escorted her to the reception. And before everyone began eating, she led the whole group in a prayer, all the guests in a prayer, praying for those firefighters for their safety and for the people whose house was being burned. And about three hours after he left, Jeremy finally showed up at the reception and they had their first dance. Now, what do you think? What would you have done? Hmm? What would you have done? What, what, what would your decision have been? Does it change your thinking any to know that Krista, two years before this, had a niece and a nephew staying with a relative in another state, die in the middle of the night during a house fire? Would it change your thinking any to know that about a year after that, a year before her wedding, her sister lost her house to fire? See, life is such that you're always going to be faced with decisions and sometimes they're not easy. Am I going to do this or that? Am I going to spend my time and energy doing this or something else? You have goals and dreams. It's a, a new year, this sermon series that we're, we're looking at, a, a new year, a new me, resolutions. Well, let, let me ask you, how are you, how are you doing? Those things that early in January you said you wanted to do differently, that you wanted to see change in your life. What's going on? How's it working out so far? I mean, we're one-twelfth of the way into the year. Get, think about that. One month is over. We're the first Sunday of the second month now. And, and, and the truth is, if we're going to change things in life, if we're going to live the life that Jesus saved us, forgave us, transformed us to live, then uh, there will be times when you're faced with decisions like Jeremy and Krista were at that wedding. How do you make the decision when that moment comes? 
you determine what you're going to do to, today and next week? How, how do you decide when you're going to do what? Because if you're going to live a certain kind of life, the only way to live it is you have to make decisions, choices. How do you do that? How do we make decisions the right way at the right time, spend our time the right way? Well, I have some good news for you. Jesus knew how to do that. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Steve, well, I'm not Jesus, so I can't do it as well as he can. I get that. But each of us can learn something from what he did and what he said because there are principles that all of us can apply to our lives that will help us know how to make the right choices and spend our time the right way when those, those critical moments, those key moments come. So Mark chapter 1. Now remember last week we looked at a day in the life of Jesus. It began on a Sabbath morning, a Saturday morning. He was in the Jewish synagogue worshiping. He reads the scroll. People are amazed at his teaching, the authority with which he teaches. And then he heals a man, casts out a demon. And that got some of the religious people upset because you're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath. It's messed up thinking, but that's what they thought. Then after the worship service in the synagogue, he goes to Peter's house. Think of it like Sunday lunch. They're going for Sabbath, Saturday lunch after church. And uh, Peter's mother-in-law is in bed, sick with a fever. Jesus goes over, takes her by the hand, rebukes the fever. She gets up and she's well and she fixes lunch for everybody. They spend the afternoon there and then at evening, everybody in Capernaum, that small city, People just start showing up by the hundreds, bringing with them people who are sick, people who have problems, and Jesus teaches, and he heals people, and he casts out demons, and it's late in the evening. It's been a long, exhausting day. Jesus and the disciples, they, uh, they go to sleep. And we talked about last Sunday how most of us, after a long day and a very taxing, exhausting day, have said, on occasion, you know, I, I think I'm going to sleep in tomorrow. I think I'm going to take a day off. I think I'm going to rest. I think I'm going to catch up. And Jesus had an excuse to do that. However, he did not do that. Instead, what we saw last Sunday, let's look at it real quickly again in verse 35 of chapter 1. In the early morning while it was still dark, sometime between 3 and 6 a.m., so really early, still dark outside, Jesus gets up, leaves the house, goes away to a secluded place, and he prays. And he prays. Because even after an exhausting day, he knew he needed his time with the Father. Setting an example for you and me. The busier we are, the more we need that. I know the busier we are, the more challenging it is to have that. But that doesn't change the reality that the busier, busier we are, the more we need this. And it, and it just means, how do I make the decisions? Okay, the alarm's going off. It's in the middle of my wedding reception or whatever. And, and, and I've got to make a decision. How do I make the decision with all these competing interests and competing needs and competing demands? How do I make the decision and have time with the Father? Because I know I need it. That's what Jesus did. Now, while he's praying in verse 36, Simon, who is Peter, and his companions, other disciples, are searching for him. Luke's gospel tells us that some of the crowd had come back to the house early that morning, and they were also looking for him. 
So everybody's out searching for Jesus. And um, they found him in verse 37 and said to him, everyone is looking for you. Jesus, there, there are more people who want to hear you teach here in Capernaum. There are more people here in Capernaum who need to, who need to have you help them with physical needs and other needs in their lives. And in fact, Luke tells us that the crowds, it wasn't just Peter who found them, but the crowds eventually found them, and they were doing everything they could to keep Jesus from leaving Capernaum. They wanted him to stay there with them. You, do you ever feel like everybody else is setting the agenda for what you're going to do? Hmm. do? Do you ever feel like everybody else has stuff they want you to do, need you to do? You you ever feel like you're you're living your life in the tyranny of the urgent, constantly dealing with what is immediately in front of you, and and what's in front of you is so so much and so stressful you don't have time to look up and see the big picture and, and, and look at the long haul and make some different decisions. It's interesting to me what Jesus did. Look at verse 38. He said to his disciples, he said to them, let us go somewhere else. He said, I'm not staying here. I'm not staying in Capernaum. Now, do you think some of the people in Capernaum who wanted him to stay when he said, I'm not staying, but I'm going somewhere else, do you think some of them got a little bit disappointed? Do you, do you think some of them became maybe a little bit upset with him? Talked about him? See, if the only way you're going to make those big decisions about how you're going to spend your time and how you're going to live your life and how you're going to become the person that Jesus <clears throat> that Jesus is calling you to become. If, if in all of that you're so concerned about what everybody else thinks about you and what everybody else wants of you, you're never going to become the person Jesus is calling you to be. You remember the very first sermon in this series that if you're going to become a new me in the new year, what we learned from Jesus was that, that Jesus knew who he was and we need to know who we are. And Jesus did not allow the fact that others did or did not understand who he was, that even his family did not always get him. He did not allow their opinions to shape his own understanding of his identity. He knew who he was and what his mission in life is. Do you know who you are? Are you a follower of Christ? Are you in Christ and is Christ in you? And if that's the case and you know that and you own that, okay, you say that's who I am and I'm not ashamed of that. If somebody else doesn't get it, if somebody else doesn't support it, if somebody else doesn't understand it, well, that may hurt. You're still okay with it because they are not shaping who you are. And so Jesus says, let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby. And the, when you look at Luke and Matthew and look in the, the Greek text, it's the idea of all these villages, all these small towns in Galilee. And there were hundreds of them we know historically. 
So Jesus said, no, I'm not staying here in Capernaum. He said, I'm going to go to all these other villages and other towns in, in Galilee. Why? Verse 38, right in the middle of the verse. So that I may preach there also. Luke adds, preach the kingdom of God. For that is what I came for. Luke adds, that is, that is why I was sent. In other words, Jesus was sent from heaven to earth with a mission. He said, I came with a mission and a purpose. I'm going to go and preach the gospel. Jesus, Jesus knew what his priorities were. Plain and simple. He knew what his priorities were. Knew what his mission was. Now here's the thing. Jesus made his decisions. The alarm goes off. Photographers taking the pictures after the wedding. Reception's yet to come. The alarm goes off. There's a house on fire. Help is needed. Jesus made his decisions about what he was going to do on the basis of his priorities. On the basis of his mission in life. Not on the demands of everyone around him. Do you, do, you, do you get what Jesus is doing here, church? Do you get it? We already said in recent weeks Jesus knew who he was, but remember the second sermon? Jesus was grounded in Scripture. And so when he was faced with temptation, he knew how to deal with it because he was grounded in Scripture. And if he's grounded in Scripture, it means he took time to study it, to read it. And then last Sunday, what we, what we looked at again just a moment ago, got up early and, and he prayed. And here's the thing, that consistent time in the Word of God, that consistent time with the Father, that consistency of knowing who he was and being reminded of who he was, gave him the faith and the clarity and the ability to step back in the midst of the muddiness and the cloudiness and the loudness of what is in front of you all the time and say, this is who I am, this is why I exist, this is my mission, these are my priorities, therefore this is what I'm doing. And if you don't know who you are, if you're not rooted in the Word of God, you're not spending time with the Heavenly Father. It's going to be difficult for you to hear the voice of God when it comes time to make the decisions of life when the alarm goes off. Because you'll hear all the other voices instead of the voice of God. Many reasons we need to spend time with God and have a quiet time and pray. Many reasons we need to read Scripture. One of the biggest is you just can't clearly hear God unless you do. And you're, you're, and you're going to struggle to make the right decision in the big moments unless you do.
these disciplines helped Jesus stay focused, keep perspective. And as I said in the beginning, the busier, the busier we are, the more demanding life is, the more we need this. So, let me wrap this up. What, what's the priority for us? The priority for me and for you. We, we all have priorities. We, we talk about our family. And we all have priorities, right? What's the priority for us? What's the big rock, okay? What's, what's the biggest rock in our life? What's the biggest priority in our life? If you're a follower of Jesus, do you know what it is? Huh? What's our word for 2019? It's Jesus. There is no bigger rock. There is no bigger priority. Jesus said, let's go to these other villages so I can preach there. Luke says, preach the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the lordship, the ruling of Jesus in your life. That's, that's the big priority. And so, so having this time with the Father so I can keep perspective that Jesus is my priority, that, that Jesus is my rock and therefore His will for my life and His guidance in my decisions and, and His purpose in this world. So I'm going to get into Scripture and I'm going to spend time listening to Him so I can make the decisions that honor Him, the decisions that He wants me to make, the decisions that fulfill His purpose in my life so I can hear Him. And when the alarms go off and, 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 and it's time to say, how are you going to spend your time? What are you going to do? I've got a little bit more clarity. Jesus is the big rock. Before we observe the Lord's Supper, it's appropriate, isn't it, to spend some time making sure Jesus is our priority. That as I drink the juice and eat the wafer, I'm ready because I've settled the issue. Jesus is the big priority in my life. As I hold the elements in my hand, I'm reflecting on the fact that I'm His, bought by His blood purchased by his blood I belong to him I'm his that I spend some time thinking about do I spend any time with him am I, am I deciding like he did early that morning to allow time with him in my life? Or are there sins in my life I need to confess because they're dishonoring Him and they're hindering my walk with Him? Is there disobedience in my life I need to cease, I need to repent of and turn from and ask forgiveness for and change so I can honor Him as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Master? Let's stand and the team is going to lead us in singing a hymn of invitation. Make your way to the altar. There's room between these tables for you to kneel and pray.
I'll be here at the front. Counselors are here if you'd like to make a decision of any kind. Pastors are here. If you'd like to join First Baptist Church, you can come and do that this morning. If you'd like to give your life to Christ and become His, you can do that. Let's sing together. You come right now.